Good morning, everybody. It's so wonderful to see you this morning and some new people as well. Um, welcome. It's good to have you. Beautiful worship. Charles, Keith, Abby, and um, come and worship tonight. So tonight's just a worship evening. We're going to be in that hall. It's going to be a bit different. I understand the band's going to be in the middle of the small hall. That's going to be fun to see. So rather than watching Days of Our Lives or 50-50 or another game of soccer <laughs> or whatever, come. Come give us a problem, a space problem. You know what I'm saying? People say they don't go out at night. Um, don't, don't be one of those, okay? <laughs> come. Jesus will protect you. Uh, he came into our darkest night into our darkest place from on high, from the light of heaven, and come and worship him, amen? I worshiped once in bloom, and I felt something break off my life. Just a restriction, being a respectable Durban high school old boy with all my little airs and graces, and God said, enough. Throw your idols away. Lift your hands up, young man. Worship me. Lift, shout out. Shout out, be a worshiper. Well, what are my friends from school going to think or university or don't worry about them, worship me. And things begin to break, chains and mindsets and early attachments and all my family history and all your family history and alcoholism and sexual immorality and poverty mentality all begins to break. How? Not by going to therapy, but by worshiping him, amen? Just saying I worship him. Come tonight. What a joy to speak about the church as so many people here, different needs, I'm aware, different needs, different places. Am I ever going to get married? Will I ever break through in my life? I got all that. I understand. We as pastors understand that. Involved in human drama, day in, day out, problems, we understand that. But, but God in his wisdom for 2,000 years has given us his church. And I want to wrap up the pictures of the church um, for your blessing, Amen. I remember when I got saved, I got saved, but I, no one taught us about church. It was just meetings and celebrities came out and healings and money and prosperity, but I don't know, what is the church? And the church, if you get it, blesses you. If you get the pictures of the church, you get blessed. The world is watching us with hawk eyes, amen? Um, it's a big deal. Church is a big deal. If you look at, read newspapers, you see the church gets snuck in. The church this, the church that. Why didn't the church do this? How come the church that? And so the church is a big deal, and we need to, and we deserve to know about the church. So if this morning's a bit dry, forgive me, but I trust it'll become rivers of living water. How should the church operate? What does the Bible teach? And so What's happened in the Western world, people say, well, that church doesn't work, so let's try this kind of church, which you won't find in the Bible. And we as an eldership have committed ourselves to saying, we trust you, Jesus, and as best we can, we will uh, look at the church, try and understand the church, and allow you through us to build your church. Amen? And so that's the heart of it. So we want to, why do we do certain things? How come? Uh, what's going to stop us from drifting, which we tend to do historically. Our record is bad for 2,000 years. We drift off. Uh, we, 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 we have excesses. So we want to correct an overemphasis. Sometimes the church is always at war. 
picture of the army. We're always fighting. Sometimes the picture is always just a family. It's amazing how we will love some pictures but despise others. We just want to be friends with everybody. And so leadership goes. There's no sense of being able to speak to each other. So as long as we mates, as long as we're just a happy family, there's some families where no one confronts problems. Amen? <laughs> like, would you ever bring anything to the lunch? Like, could you just bring like a, a salad or a, or a Coke or something, you know? And so sometimes it's good for families to speak cor- um, courageously. Jesus is coming back for this church, so we want to be okay. You know, it's like a bride walking down the aisle. She's kind of got her beach thongs, her tackies, a bit of sand in her ears, beach sand, some suntan cream on, and she's walking down the aisle. People think, not a good picture. Equally, we don't want to just be this broken, bedraggled bride. We want to be, we want to prepare ourselves for that day. He's coming back. I'm going to prepare a place for you. He's preparing a place, and he says to us, would you prepare yourself? And uh, the, the church, some general comments, the, church, the, the word church is the word ecclesia. We all know this, I know. It's the Greek word which means you have been called out of. Some guys will tell you you need to go back into. Yes, you need to go back into, but you are also, the church is the called out ones. The church is not a building or an organization, but it is a group of people. The question is not, Um, should not be what is the church but who is the church so we often get mistaken we look at buildings we look at denominations we look at groups and we think that church but the church has never been a building it's never been a denomination it's been God's people so the who is the called out ones the ones set apart the word church simply means um, God said to Israel of all the nations of the world I'm setting you apart For myself, I am reserving you as my holy people. That's the same picture as the church. I need an amen from the front. Move. Talk to me, brother. And um, and so we are called out. Holy means unmixed. That's what Francis was saying. Sometimes we mix worship with other worships. It's like a, a bride that has she's getting married, but she has other boyfriends. It's like, that's the metaphor of the bride. It's like, you know, I'm just having coffee with my old boyfriend. You want to see the husband? I kill you now. So, so we, we, we tend to drift. We tend to, you know, and so we're constantly coming, bringing ourselves back. Things draw us, hobbies, sport. I mean, just look at this World Cup. People are worshiping, are bowing down around a couple of crazy guys that do cocaine on the quiets earning a fortune, living crazy lives, are very skilled at passing the ball around, but people literally worship and scream and shout much wilder and more passionately than the church. <laughs> if you were called out one, if you were Israel, you could not become an isolated believer. It was a nonsense that you should be isolated, Jehovah follower. Similarly, a New Testament convert cannot become an isolated Jesus follower, but he must become a member, or she must become a member of the church. There are thousands upon thousands of Christians in the greater Durban area that have dislocated themselves from the church. Why? Problems. And so we're always fighting problems. We might say, well, I don't know, when I went to the army, I was three, four, eight, St. Thomas Road, we brought up, it was a beautiful home, there was incredible food, my mom and my dad were very hospitable, it was such a cool house we were brought up in. And then we went to the 
freaking army. Like people shouting at you. I mean, it was like, it was this bizarre world. But fortunately, I had an older brother that went to the army, so I knew how to prepare myself. And sometimes we may not like the picture of, of what God is taking us into like an army. Because we always just want to be a happy family where we all cool together. But sometimes God calls us to be a temple where we worship. He said, well, I don't worship. I'm sort of Anglo-Saxon, respectable man or whatever you are. Or, but we're a worshiping, we dance like David danced. And his wife said, you're fooling, you're disgracing me. You're disgracing Israel as the king. He says, I will become even more undignified than this. The different pictures of the church. The Greeks that all the, many of the epistles were written to were individualistic. The Hebrew was communal or community. And you'll see Paul's writings or the writing to the Hebrews tries to take them back into not Hebrews, but the other epistle to the Greek churches or the Gentile churches, come back into community. How are we doing in community, Red Point? How are we doing? Are we, are we a true community? Do we hang together? Do we eat together? One of the joys of this church was the foyer and the veranda so we could mingle together, laugh group together. He, he sets the lonely in family. Do you know how lonely we've become? Do you know how lonely the West is? Do you know that we need friends? No, we need to be included. We need community. Or do you feel we're a good community? How can you help us become a better community? By opening your home, by inviting people, by saying, come and have a coffee. Look, you know, today's like potluck. We just got some scraps, some leftovers, a whole hot dog and some, some uh, old lasagna. from. But you know what? We want to have you around and we're going to ask God to make some magic with this food. I've got an old curry that I had from um, Thursday, but I'm sure it'll work. And uh, we've got some, an old mealy or an old pizza. Mm, we're gonna, but we're still going to build community. He puts the lonely. Do you know that the West is suffering from extreme loneliness? The West, the geniuses, the, the cleverest people in the world with all the money and all the brains that are suffering from extreme loneliness and depression. Pastors have to be counseled. Pastors, every pastor in America has got a therapist. I'm still looking for mine. I think his name is Jesus. They're lonely. They're broken. You know what I'm saying? And so we want to be a community. To love God is to love his people. To be committed to Christ is to be committed to his church. Get into the middle. It's so good to be in the middle of anything. Into the center. Into what God, the margins and the outskirts is the worst place to be. You may go there for a bad moment season, but to live on the outskirts, it's like a father or a husband that lives on the outskirts of his family. He's working, he's busy, he's distracted, and he wants his, his wife to do everything. And you know, when dad comes home, he's like, where are you, dad? Are you here? And so to be on the outskirts of anything. Do you remember um, Reuben, Manasseh, and the... Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Do you remember that, those three, two-and-a-half tribes? When God said, I'm going to take you across into the promised land, into the center of my will, what did they say? Hey, Moses, we've got sheep, man. That land to the east of the Jordan is a good pastoral land. We are shepherds like our father Jacob. Can we have this land? And Moses is like saying, ah. They wanted to stay on the outskirts of the promises. 
and, and eventually Moses did a deal with them. And you sometimes think, oh, I've got this deal. And Moses says, okay, you can stay there reluctantly, reluctantly, as long as, because they were fighting men, as you go across and you fight on behalf. And they did that. And then they came back and they settled and they did everything. But guess what happened? Oh, that old Syrian enemy. The Syrians, those cruel people. After Jonah had preached to them and they'd repented, they turned again to their old ways. And who did they come and take out? Those two and a half tribes. Took them easy pluckings. Get into the middle. There's the core, Rick Warren. There's the committed. There's the congregation. There's the crowd. And there's the community. Which are you? <laughs> so I said again. There's the core of what God is doing, the nucleus. There's the committed. That's where I am. No, I'm caught. There's the congregation. Come late, leave early. There's the crowd. And there's the community. Your best blessing is to get into the middle of what Jesus is doing. The shepherd is in the middle of his flock. He got crucified in the middle of the two thieves. He said, I'll come into your middle. You both murderers, killers, bad bandits. One said, if you, the God, save yourself. The other said, remember me in your paradise. He says, I'll see you there just now. He's in the middle. Amen. In the middle of my marriage. In the center of, remember the wife of your youth. Do not break faith with her. You had faith to marry her. Remember you had faith? Yes, I wanted to marry you. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Bought you the best ring. Don't break faith. Don't break. You had faith to marry her. Don't break faith with the wife of your youth. You've lost faith for your marriage. One of the things as I move on is essence versus form in the church. One of the big issues of the church is essence versus form. Essence means the unchanging wonders that cannot change. For example, the unchanging aspect of the Christian life in all ages, in all places, in all nations, at all time, that which makes the church which is absolute and unchangeable. For example, that the word of God is a flawless, inerrant, Holy Spirit-inspired document. That is an essence. That is a truth you cannot mess with. What's another one? That Jesus is the Son of God. If he's not the Son of God... Got a problem that Jesus was born of a virgin. If you change that, you change essence and you're in trouble. You become a non church. That he was raised from the dead, that he died. Some people say he didn't die. He died, he was raised, he was in the grave for three days. That he ascended, that he's coming back again. The other truth is that he has come, he will judge the living and the dead. He, he will come back to judge the living and the dead. Those are essence amen what's form what kind of has room to change where the church for example where you had to wear an, an ancient dress to be a pastor an ancient way of dressing that's form what else is form buildings that's form that that is not a, that's not as important as essence amen the buildings the music style some guy said to me, if you, don't, if you don't have humor, you shouldn't be a preacher. What? That's, that's form, bro. 
I'm here to bring to entertain people. Oh yeah, but the people will be bored if you're not like funny. I'm saying, not interested. Show me in the Bible. Oh, I can't. That's form. You humorous, praise God. Your people laugh all day. But that's just form. Can I wear jeans? Form. What else is form? How long should the service be? When essence goes, the life of God, the presence of the Spirit, you push out to get a better form. The moment you lose the, the presence, the essence, the, the dunamis, the, 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 the Jesus in our midst, the Spirit in our midst, you begin to push. We better do better worship. We better do better coffee. We better do better buildings. We better do better preaching. We better dress better. So we then push because the essence goes, we push out to form. Have you got it? Is that, is that okay? I've always remembered, uh, Doug McDonald said to me, is that essence or form? He said, don't mess with essence. Form can change. Should I wear a tie when I preach? Form. You're breathing. When you lose the essence of your faith, when there's a little tenderness of God goes, your heart for God. People say, did you didn't come to church? Why are you at church? Because you see, that's a form thing. The essence thing is, I, I love God, bro. I, I, I had to go and bury my uncle. So that's why I wasn't at church. Is that okay? And so outward behavior. A Jew is one inwardly. Circumcision is of the heart by the spirit, not of the outward man. And so sometimes we even had outward manifestations of the spirit to show you that the spirit was upon us. So people would feel pressure to do manifestations of the spirit in different forms because actually it became visible. Ah, or my heart was far from God, but I would lift my hands. That's form. But, but, but to have the spirit of God means to be sanctified, to be tender, to say to Kati when we've had an oopsie about something, I love you and I'm sorry. You're my best girl, man. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm tender. There's a, the, the spirit of forgiveness inside of me, amen? Well, if you were my wife, you would submit to me. Form. We're gonna prophesy for seven hours and our meeting will go for five hours. That's when you begin to change the form because the essence is gone. What's the big idea of this morning's preach? Hold all the pictures of the church with equal importance and equal tension. Not easy. Are you listening, young people? Are you listening, those that will lead these churches into the future? You young men that will be married and God will call you into the ministry. The pictures of the church are numerous. The nature and the calling of the church is multifaceted. This is now higher grade, guys. This is not just a feel-good sermon, Okay? There is no one picture that God gave us that fully captures the richness of the church. So he's given us about 13 pictures. Some say seven, some say 15, some say 16. I say 13, it could be, who knows. But he's given us, it's through the church, the manifold wisdom of God. So I'm gonna give you pictures, says the Lord, that'll help you navigate the world. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom, each picture demonstrates different dimensions of the church's ministry, her call, her impact, her wisdom. 
Overemphasis on one or just a few pictures to the exclusion of the others will result in distorted doctrine and distorted emphasis. All the pictures of the church, and I'll just give them to you very quickly, represent biblical revelation and healthy tension. The tendency is for me, let's say that I'm an evangelist by calling, by gifting, by passion. I will always be thinking, where the lost God? Why didn't anybody get saved on Sunday? Where's the mission? Where's the tent? Did we have an outreach? If you pastoral, you have a slightly different, you're always worried about where the sheep? I didn't see so-and-so. Where's this one? And so you, you tend to be highly relational amongst the people, but God's given us different pictures. If you're a prophet, you're obsessed with what God is saying. And then the teacher says, where's that in the Bible? And I said, I don't know, I went to the mountain. I felt God say to me, the church is dry, the church is dry. Say to the church, she is dry. And the, and the teachers will say, they'll go and scratch. So I want to be a prophet and I want to be a teacher. I want to hear the church is dry. Lord, how, do we, how does the church get saturated again? How, Lord? And so we want to hold all the pictures. Elders and deacons, are we on the same page? We covered seven. We covered family, huge piece, huge. Temple, huge. Living stones cemented together, demonstrating where God, where two or more are there, are gathered, I'm in their midst. The temple, they had to come to see, and they think, wow, God is there. There's the cloud of God. There's the temple. That represents the church. The army, my God is a warrior. He trains my hands for battle, my fingers for war, Kati. So God is suddenly, he's a warrior. I'm thinking, ah, if you were Ukrainian now, you stopped all your IT games and your um, lattes and your croissants and everything else, and you put on some ugly old uniform and some dirty old rifle, and you went to war, and you would get shot up, and you may not come back. But that is the picture sometimes of the church. There's principalities and powers. There's cancers. The devil is, he's fighting us. He's going to war with us. There's the flock, there's the body, there's the vine, there's the bride. God's sheep. Can I just say this? So we've covered those. You can go and listen to them. God's, you know the God's flock. I I thought of this. This is more sort of uh, just a picture. I've heard people say to me, particularly very accomplished people, very smart people, maybe rich people, um, not not all, not all at all, or very, they say, listen, you know, please please don't don't call me a sheep. Because the Wall Street Journal and CNN says it's, it's a disgrace that, that people would be called sheep, as if we are stupid sheep following the herd. But if you know Psalm 23 and the king of Israel, who was a type of Jesus, he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. You know what happens to those of us, including Nick Hardy, that stops being a little flock with my Jesus, his hands on me. I forfeit blessings because the day will come when there will be, the, the, then I will be walking through the valley of the shadow of death. It could be old age, it could be sickness, it could be anything, it could be loneliness, it could be depression, it could be something happens and I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But I said, but I'm not a sheep. And I forfeit that beautiful table. I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. That I will anoint your head with oil. I'm not a sheep. And I've seen person after person after person that's that's got onto the higher ground and saying, well, I'm not a sheep. Forfeit the blessings of the shepherd. He restores my soul. 
Surely goodness and mercy, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I posture myself as a sheep. Next minute he's saying, okay, I want you to be a lieutenant in my army. I want you to be a leader. Blow the trumpet. But all these pictures, the body of Christ means I'm functioning together. I love you. We love each other. We are part of, we are functioning. We have different parts. Sometimes a part gets hurt or gets sick. The whole body cares for you. When you get sick and the, and the body of Christ rallies around you, there's somebody that's sick at the moment. Many people are sick, but I was just watching how so many people give gifts and prayers and meals. And, the, and so if the, help me. Liver. We, we, the whole body stops. You can see Michael's knees sore. Sorry, Mike, picking on you. The whole body is nursing that, that thing. People are praying. I mean, his whole body says, no, 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 slowly, you can't go and get a, what's it, a chainsaw, Woo, and go and cut a tree, Michael. Because, because are you part of a body? I want to be buried by the body of Christ. I don't be drifting somewhere in, in England. Everyone's rushing off to England. I don't know why. No one here, but, I'm, but Australia or New Zealand. I've had played golf with the pastor this week. No, we don't play. It's the first game I've played in a year. Please relax. It was a golf day. He said to me, 140 people have emigrated from his church in 18 months. I said, how many? I said, isn't that like an evangelistic figure? He says, I wrote the names down. 140 people. I want to be buried by the people that know me. The vine, I want to be fruitful. I let God prune me sometimes. I'm fruitful. Then he comes out with his sick tears. What happened to Nick Hardy? Nothing. God's just pruned you. A little stumpy. I used to be like vineyard, now I'm Mr. Stumpy. Yes. And then next, and then there's new growth. Don't come near me. And so we're a vine. We've got a vine dresser. Amen? The bride of Christ. <laughs> what didn't we cover? Can you hold all those pictures together? This is a leadership talk, brothers and sisters. This is an important talk. We're the people of God. We're the holy nation of God. You're no longer foreigners, but you're citizens with God's people. You're a chosen people. You're a, you're a holy nation. You're a royal priesthood. You belong to me. Come. It's like, it's like God's, you know, the church got so obsessed in the last 20 years about being relevant to the culture that they try to go back into the culture. The culture is saying, are you God's holy people? Uh, yeah, are we God's holy people? He said, is that a, are we, they say, is that a close just for you? Saying, no, we're not like Israel. We are a people now that say, you can come in through the gate. His name is Jesus. You, that's how you come in. And you're welcome. Because, but then we try to be like the world, and the world said, well, you're just like us, so you offer us nothing. You're just as broken, you're chasing as much money, you're so obsessed with riches and cars and mink coats and prosperity gospel killed us. It took the focus away from the bridegroom, so the bride walked down, and there was the bridegroom, but it was so interesting that the bridegroom had all these presents for his bride outside, and the prosperity gospel said, you can have a fancy couple of cars, you can have a nice house, a beach cottage, and all sorts of things and diamonds and that, and they forgot about Jesus. 
They didn't preach Jesus, they preached what the bridegroom, so that bride that was walking down was marrying a bridegroom that would give her all of the things, and they missed out on the joy of the bridegroom and said, he is brighter than the sun, bro. Don't worry about a nice car. I like nice cars. I like nice houses, but man, the day that replaces Jesus, we're a field of God, different crops. In the field, there's pomegranates and peaches and grapes, amen, and oranges, and so we can be together. The, the, we're a field of God. We're an orchard of God. The other picture is we're the servant. We're a suffering servant of Christ. Can I repeat that? I'm just giving you some more pictures just to... We're the body of Christ. Christ says, I haven't come to be served. We are the servants. In fact, leadership in the body of Christ, let alone being, is under, you're under, you're serving the church. You are over the church, Thessalonians says. You're in the church as a little flock and you're ahead of the church leading them as an under shepherd. It's quite a job. You're a pilgrim person. The pilgrim, is it Isaiah 49, is it? 48, the pilgrim, don't stop. I'm tired. I'm tired, Lord. I'm tired of going to church. I'm tired of doing worship. I'm tired of life group. Don't get tired. Keep going, old pilgrim. Oh, Lord, I'm down. Church is hard or whatever. Keep going. There's blessing for you. We're a pilgrim people. We're a sacrament. What is a sacrament? A sacrament is something on earth that points to something else that is not there. My notes say it better. It's something visible that makes known to others the presence or existence of something or someone invisible. Jesus was the physical embodiment or the sacrament of his Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen the church, you've seen Jesus. The, the Spirit is in the church testifying to Jesus. And if you see Jesus, you see the Father. Show us the Father. Now, if you've seen me, Philip, you've seen the Father. We are a sacrament. Moving on. overarching reality of the church. Thank you for listening to this teaching. Overarching reality of the church is Jesus is the head of the church. You've got to think through this. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. All pictures have Jesus as the head, even the family. Wonderful counsel, almighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Jesus is everything. He is the head. Jesus and Jesus alone is the head of the church. Somebody once introduced me as the head of the church. I said to them, please don't say that. Not the head of the church, Jesus. We are under shepherds. We are, this is not the elders or the great apostles, whoever they are, are not the head of the church. With respect, and I'm, I'm a Catholic, well, I was a Catholic, the Pope is not the head of the church. He's a wonderful man, Pope Francis. He's, he's involved in very complex issues. But Jesus is the head of the church. The, everyone else is on their knees, amen? He founded it. It belongs to him. It's answerable to him alone, not to any man, not to any denomination, not to a human head, not to a synod, not to a committee. So we are constantly as leaders thinking, Headship of Jesus, headship of Jesus. Lord, how do we see that that happens? He governs his church and he sustains it. He gives it life. He governs it, head, and the head makes the whole thing work. He sustains it. He's the source of it. 
government, he plans, he directs, he decides. He decides who the leaders are. Not easy, that is it? He inspires the church. He rules it. He leads it. He guides it. He puts it together. He disciplines it. He blesses her. He envisions her. He gives her vision. People say, Nick, what's your vision? I don't have a vision. It's the vision of Jesus. My job is not to come in here and say, because if a next guy who comes in to lead this church is okay, our vision is this. I'm saying, is this the vision of Jesus? Amen. Have you been in prayer, bro? What's the vision? What's my vision? Every next guy's got a new vision. The vision is towards the Christos, amen? That's our vision. Um, he sets it aflame. He breathes his breath into it. He is not to be the head or source in name only, the honorary president. He give him lip service, but he is powerless in that church. He's the hands-on governing head. That's why elders and deacons should be in prayer. That's why we pray. We cry out to God, save us, Lord, from our own devices. Should we go to battle, Israel said. Um, yes, go, says the Lord. At times, they just went to battle, lost. Oh, why did you go to battle? Well, we just, like, we, bat- we, we warriors, we fight any battle. Did you inquire of God? Prophets? No. The king just went to war. So inquire of God. We pray. What sustains the church is prayer. Um, We simply convey the commands from the head to the body. Where Jesus has ceased to be head, the church has ceased to be the body. (laughs) People say, Nick, you know, sometimes you get a bit difficult. No, it's not that I'm difficult. I'm saying, just hold on, bro. You want to do this whole thing. Is it? Show me. Please show me in the word. My job is too important. We have an important job as elders. What, what, What are you saying, Lord? Is this... It's not a new great idea. We're not Starbucks, amen? Or we're not McDonald's. We, we, we're not a franchise. We're a sacrament. We're a holy people. And so we constantly, and it's quite difficult. I'm in business. All the directors didn't want to open a branch. And I had to set you with all the directors, and they didn't want to open it. And they said, you're on your own. So I went and opened some branches in Peter Mansburg and Dalton, and they were successful. And I said, you see, but I wouldn't dare do that in the church. I wouldn't dare do that. I would just say, Lord, we're on our knees, and except you give us the yay. So therefore, the church is praying. They convey the commands. Where man has replaced Jesus as head, the church no longer exists. It is something else. Does Jesus rule and reign in Red Point Church? Good question. Which, in other words, you can say, well, is there prayer? Is there the word? Do we break bread? Do we fast? Do we obey? Do we love? Is there humility? Do we serve? Is there the fruit of the Spirit? No. No fruit of the Spirit? Or is there fruit of the Spirit? Did, did hopefully somebody greeted you? Somebody greeted me this morning. Somebody loved on me. Somebody served you. Somebody included you. The fruit of the Spirit. Is there growth? Is there love? Is there oil in our lamps? Is there living water that flows? I'm not saying there is. I'm asking the question. Do we worship God passionately? Are we generous? You know, if you, I've learned this. I've never walked into a church expecting anything. Never, ever. Since I was a, a believer, since I became a believer, I thought every church I go to, I want to be a blessing there. What can I do? Can I go and encourage that old pastor that I can see his soul is bruised? 
can I, can I give some money to this church? How can I be a blessing? How can I get behind the leaders, amen? How, how can I be a blessing? What, what can I do? <laughs> now, have I always done it? No, but I want to do it. When I was, I've been in maybe five churches cutting down the last two months. Every church I've been to, I've thought, Lord, how can I be a blessing? Just been to the south coast. Harry, Harry and Wendy. Yes, see, Nikki may brew. How can I be a blessing to him? What can I do? Amen? Because there's the life of God flowing in me. Is it flowing through you? Does Jesus reign? Democracy is government or leadership of the people, for the people, by the people. That's democracy. That's what the West says. Of the people, by the people, for the people. Theocracy is government by divine guidance. In other words, your best example is Moses, the leader of the church in Israel in captivity. Just go there, Moses, stretch out your stick. (laughs) Say to Pharaoh, let my people go. Divine, no, no, well, he says no. Okay, do this, then throw this, then the gnats, frogs, blood, hail. What else was there? Um, Boils, cancers, and then? I'm not going to let, okay, firstborn gone. Okay, Moses, off you go, off you go. Leadership, leadership. Okay, but now, now come back to the sea. But now we're stuck. There's the army, there's the sea. Stretch out your staff. Through they go. Get to the other side. The sea closes. Pharaoh's army is obliterated. Everyone says, Moses, now what, bro? Where's the food? Where's the water? Where's the hospitals for all the mommies going to give birth? Where's the shelter? Okay, turn, turn down, Moses. Go to the desert of Sin or the Mount Sinai. No, don't go up there. Go, go down there. I will give you my word. Whew. Spend 40 days. Lord, the people want me. Stay up here. Stay up here. I'm going to give you my word. That'll, that'll shape America. <laughs> that'll shape England. My, the Judeo-Christian word, the, the, the laws of God, the way God, the Ten Commandments. Wait, wait. Okay, moving on. Are you still there? Jesse, are you right, my brother? The church. What a project, man. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. How? How, God? Love your neighbor as yourself. How, God? I can hardly love my children. I'm so down. Or How, God? My husband irritates me. I'm empty. How do I love you? Once we lose the water and the oil, we're in trouble. You see, the water, that from me you will drink rivers of living water. Once that goes, we dry. Once the oil of anointing, the oil and the lamp goes, those things are given to us as gifts. Amen. So one of the things we do, brothers and sisters, is we yield and we lift our hands like we're going to do tonight, and we're going to say, as we worship you, as we crown you our king, as we adore you, would you fill us? Would you pour out this stuff so that I can be the church? A church that's dry, that has no oil, that has, she then goes from essence and she begins to build structures, and, she, and people think, Ah, so many rules. 
our five virgins, the picture of the bride. You couldn't tell that they didn't have oil. There were five, there were 10 of them. They were ready. They were going to the wedding feast. They were all together. There was, it was late. It was midnight. They'd been waiting. And suddenly the call came. And they said, okay, trim your lamps. Five lamps. We can hear the voice. The, the, the bridegroom says, the, 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 the guy that's seen the bridegroom says, he's coming, he's coming. He's coming to fetch you. It's been a long wait. And then the, the, the father wake up, they're, they're all sleeping, so they're all drowsy, it's been a long wait. Sometimes we wait for Jesus, thank Lord, are you coming back? Flame, 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 five flames, five, nothing, nothing, nothing. Can you give us some oil? No, no, we can't. Go and get your own. That's an incredible picture now. Praise God that, that, that we can be a people that, uh, I said to the prayer meeting two Thursdays, I feel that I'm dry. I feel I'm dry. Lord, I need your oil, I need your water, I need your flow. I need you to pop something out of me sometimes, amen? Is that just me? Is it, am I alone here? You know the woman at the well? Do you remember that story as I come to land? There's this little scene going on. Jesus is weary, well, midday. This lady says, uh, um, he says to her, can, can you give me some water? He says, how come you, a Jew, are asking me, a Samaritan, to give you water? Remember the story? Jesus says this to her. He says, if you knew the gift of God and who is it that asked you for a drink, you would have, given, you would have asked him and he would have given you, Mrs., Madam, fire, living water. What? What's living water? Where can you get this living water, she says to him. You've got nothing to draw with. So she's beginning to play this kind of game. She doesn't understand what Jesus says. Jesus says, this water, madam, that you've been drinking, you will come and drink it again and again, and you will remain thirsty. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Sir, give me this water, she said, so that I won't get thirsty. And they have to keep coming back to draw from this well, she says, Jacob's well. Jesus, what does he do? He changes it to a marriage picture. He says, go and call your husbands. Go and call your husbands <laughs> and come back. He exposes her true thirst. She's looking for love. She's looking for satisfaction. She's tried. She's on her sixth man. And he says, uh, yeah. You've had, he says, no, my, what did she say to him? She said, um, I have no husband, she said. You've had five, he says, Jesus. I can see you're a prophet. And you know what he's saying? I will marry you. I will drink from me, and I will give you living water. That living water, that oil is on offer this morning. I want to offer it to you. Streams of living water will flow. The offer to us, brothers and sisters, is so intimate, is so personal, is so real that I want to go close the Song of Songs chapter four. That actually we need the oil of God running down our heads in our lamps. We need the spring of God, the, the, the wells of God to well up so that we can worship and be full. So just listen to some words. Now this is the bridegroom that's speaking to us. This is the picture of the church. 
People normally laugh at this. Western people laugh at it. I think there are, um, of the 1,500 songs that Solomon wrote, this is his main masterpiece, okay? It's his finest. He alludes to 21 plants, 15 animals, 16 exotic locations to describe his bride that is us. This is how Jesus describes us. How beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful. Listen carefully. Your eyes behind your veil are doves. So what's happening now? We spoke last week about us looking at the bridegroom. This is the bridegroom now looking at us, the church. Go figure. Your hair is like a flock of goats. Can you see it? Can you see a flock of goats descending from Mount Gilead? Can you see it? People say, ha, ha, ha. I'm thinking, I was thinking about it this week. I thought, just he's paying attention to his church, to his bride. Your teeth are like flocks of sheep just shorn, in other words, okay, they've been sheared, coming up from the washing, each has a twin. Francois, that would really please Francois, our dentist. It's symmetrical, okay? This is a lady who says, I'm, I'm uncomely. She says, the sun has marred and scarred my face. I'm darkened by the, by the sun like the tents of, I forget the name, the tents were bleached and they were darkened, not bleached, they were darkened by the sun. She says, I had to go and work the vineyards. My brothers were harsh with me, and I'm not a very good-looking woman, but this is what the king says of me. How's that? This is what the king says of us. Each teeth has its twin. In those days, teeth weren't so good, eh, Francois? They were like camel's teeth. <laughs> Your lips are like a scarlet ribbon. That's why we worship Love you, Lord. Your lips are like, this is what he says of his beloved. This is the king. Your temples behind your veil are like the halves of a pomegranate. Your neck is like the Tower of David, built with elegance. On it hang a thousand shields, all of them shields of warriors. Your two breasts are like two fawns, very graphic, very sensual. Like twin fawns of a gazelle, he's looking at her, and he is loving her, okay? I won't go into too much detail. That browse among the lilies until the day breaks and the shadows flee. I will go to the mountain of myrrh and to the hill of incense. All beautiful, you are my darling. There is no flaw in you. And you just think, oh, my word. Come with me. Sometimes we've got to leave stuff behind. Francis said, leaving stuff behind. Come with me. He says it again in the next chapter. Come from Lebanon, my bride. Come with me from Lebanon. Descend from the crest of Amana, from the top of Sinai, the summit of Hermon, from the lion's den and the, mountains haunt, and the mountain haunts of the leopards. You have stolen my heart, my sister, my bride. You have stolen my heart with one glance of your eyes, with one jewel of your necklace. How beautiful is your love, my sister, my bride. When I read this and I think I've got a mini marriage of this here. I can go and practice on my wife. I can speak these words over her. How much more pleasing is your love than wine and the fragrance of your perfume than any spice? Your lips drop sweetness as the honeycomb, my bride. <laughs> Milk and honey are under your tongue. That's why we, we show him our face. We speak to him with songs. That's what Keith and Tula were singing, songs of Jesus. If you let them, they would have gone on for an hour, hey, tools? They would have... The, the psalmists were singing, the psalmists, and I'm thinking, okay, we need to get on with the word, but the psalmists love to sing and to praise. 
You're a garden locked up, my sister, my bride. Very important. You're a spring enclosed. Here comes the springs of living water. A sealed fountain. In other words, he can't get her yet. They are not fully married yet. They can't, he hasn't consummated this marriage. Your plants are like an orchard of pomegranates with choice fruits. All these pictures, see, oh, there's the fields, there's the vineyards of God. With henna and nard, nard and saffron, calamus and cinnamon, with every kind of incense tree, with myrrh and aloes and all the inner finest spices. You are a garden fountain. Here's the church. She is got living water. <laughs> a well of flowing water streaming down for Lebanon. Awake north wind, Holy Spirit, and come south wind. Blow on my garden, she says, that its fragrance may spread abroad. Let my lover come into his garden as taste its taste its choice fruit, which means let's consummate this thing. Can you stand, please?